Hey, there's lots to break down here. Let's bring in Dan Deming, the managing director at KKM Financial. He's joining us to help us make sense of it all. Dan, good morning to you. Uh, I guess we could start with GDP here, uh, down 0.9%. They were looking for 0.5 after a prior reading of minus 1.6. There's been some debate recently in terms of (laughs) redefining what uh, the definition of a recession is, but it looks like we've hit a technical one at this point. Yeah, this shit's going to be an interesting day, uh, I guess, uh, when uh, this gets heavily uh, scrutinized in the media. And uh, it's going to be a talking point for several days, I yeah. would expect, Ben. Yeah. Uh, you know, you and I have been talking about this possibility for the last several months, though. So, you know, I think that in that sense, uh, you know, we, we've been ahead of this a little bit with the p- high probability of this occurring. And now, you know, let the debate rage, as you pointed out. Uh, you know, initially we'll see how, you know, the markets, I think to some degree, uh, you know, a lot of market participants felt that that was a high probability. Uh, you know, I guess the other thing is uh, the prices index, I think, was a little bit higher than what was anticipated. So that's a trend that's not necessarily positive, even though the PCE prices were lower. Prices paid, I think, still came in higher. So I think that that's having an impact today as far as the reaction, initial reaction to the numbers. PCE price in the second quarter, 7.1% in line with prior. But, uh, you know, as I look at these numbers here, it does seem to fuel the recession talk, stagflation talk at the very least. But I guess one could argue it's important to put this into context in terms of labor conditions, right? But but yep. as we see that start to falter, I mean, it just sort of fuels the fire in many ways. And that gets us to our next point here. Jobless claims coming in at 256,000. Dan, there's the number. They were looking for 253. And then I'm noticing here that that prior got revised up to 260. So this is, again, in line with the trend we've been seeing. It is. Yeah, we continue to see this ticking higher week over week now, Ben. And, you know, the mid two uh, mid 200s, uh, you know, it's starting to get to a level that it's still historically still reasonably uh, in line with what you'd expect on a weekly basis. But the trend is something that I think that you and I have been discussing here for the last month, and it continues to tick higher. And that's a trend that the Fed's certainly going to be paying attention to uh, as the reason that they feel that they can continue to move on rates is the strong labor market. So that's something to certainly keep an eye on here over the coming weeks as we move into, uh, what, next week? Do we get the, the unemployment report a week from Friday? Yeah. Well, I guess that is the focal point here, right? I mean, at what point does the Fed kind of create that breaking point of the straw that broke the camel's back in many ways. And the focus there does seem to be primarily on labor right now, which Fed Chair Jerome Powell said seems pretty strong at this point still. Sure does. You know, you know, that's that's the thing that they can continue to hang their head on. The labor market is tight as well. So I guess there is, uh, you know, some uh, dispersion within the data points because the fact that even though the rate is very low, he did indicate even yesterday in his speech that, you know, participation rate is not to the level where they'd like to see it. So that's artificially keeping the uh the, you know, the uh, the number, the percentage number low. Uh, but overall, uh, you know, hopefully that will continue, we'll continue to see more and more people coming into the labor market. Uh, and that should alleviate some of that pressure. But now the question is, is, you know, is the economy going to uh, really stall out here as we continue to deal with some of the other issues? Or is it just going to be a situation where, yeah, we got a negative print, the labor market's still pretty strong. And, you know, if the Fed can engineer this, that they can kind of manage the the slowing aspect of what's taking place and uh, call off the dogs when they feel it necessary. And, I, and you and Michael pointed out, absolutely, to me, the biggest point yesterday was data dependent. And that when he made that statement, the futures raced higher. 
So that basically tells me that they're looking forward now, they're not looking back, and hopefully they'll stick to that message and that, that, um, that those points of, uh, of driving their decisions moving forward. Dan, let's just talk market reaction here real quick, because one could argue it's been pretty well digested. I mean, we did see the spike lower here initially, but we held above 4,000 in the ES, and we're basically right where we were as we headed into the number. I think it was at 4013. We're at 4018 right now. Look, even the Russell now back positive ever so slightly, about a tenth yeah. of a percent. And, and here as we look at the move up off the lows that we saw just yesterday, 39.13. I mean, this was a convincing move to the upside here to 40.42. Obviously, if we could take out that high today, that would help solidify it somewhat. I just also want to take a look here in terms of the bonds and the tenure. Very limited. We've been somewhat in this very recently in a very narrow range. We're talking after peaking out around 143.11 down to, well, just below 141, it looks like here, 140.31. But for the most part, not a lot of reaction or movement here. And then if I could just lastly pull up a quick look at yields because I want to get your thoughts here as we are now kind of in a bit of a holding pattern as we await the September meeting obviously there's going to be a lot to debate as you mentioned and this number is going to kind of fuel that fire but uh, rates here near the lower extreme but you know mostly range bound are you watching more closely now the shorter end or the longer end yep. to get a better feel for uh, what's playing out here as far as the economy the Fed and uh, everything that we've been discussing well, I think the shorter end, for sure, Ben, in the sense that an interesting dynamic, and really it's all way across the yield curve, but what I find fascinating in what's taking place here the last several weeks, if not longer than that, is the, the fact that, um, you know, we're seeing the two-year yield now at 299 basis points, so below three, yeah. uh, which is, uh, you know, basically 50 basis points off of its high in June, uh, and yet the Fed continues to raise rates. So that's, that's a, there's quite a diversion, uh, a dispersion, I should say, between what the market's anticipating and what the Fed is doing uh, currently. So I think that's a fascinating uh, aspect of what's unfolding in the Treasury markets. And I think that, that it's going to continue because the short end of the curve is going to be very sensitive to anything the Fed says. The back end of the curve is holding up, I think, because of the fact that Hey, you know, uh, given the structure that we're contending with right now, as far as the Fed and everything else, you know, people want to own the long end of the curve just as a safe haven for the time being until things sort themselves out on the short end of the curve. So we are seeing the yield curve shifting higher today. Uh, initially, at least, it looks like the back end um, selling off and the front end actually rallying a little bit. But overall, I think the sensitivity to what the Fed's doing is at the short end of the curve. So keep an eye on that, particularly when you look at the uh, inversions that we're seeing uh, across the uh, yield curve. Dan, does that, uh, that disparity that you were just talking about, is that a reflection of the uncertainty in terms of what lies ahead? Yes. Okay. It is. And also, it, it's a predecessor, and it has historically been a predecessor to identifying uh, you know, uh, recessions and, and such, because basically that's when you see the yield curve invert, that's an indication that things, um, you know, are, are going to slow down at some point. At least that's the way it's being priced. And uh, so then that's certainly uh, the case right now when you look at the yield curve, you know, and I guess the question is, it's just how short end of the curve does it get to where the inversion continues to take place? I mean, we're basically, I think the six month uh, tenure right now is uh, is very close to uh, there. At one point, was close to inversion, so that keeps creeping closer and closer to the forefront of the time frame that we're looking at for the possibility of a recession. And again, today 
We can discuss that all day long, I suppose, Ben. Uh, two negative prints. We're going to yeah. be. Um, and all of this, I think, a reflection of just how things are a little bit upside down right now, which you can understand yeah, coming out of the pandemic in an unprecedented neon swan type event. Speaking of upside down, you've got the dollar, Dan. I'm curious in terms of what you think we should be watching for there because, uh, uh, well, down off the highs that we had seen recently up around 109, but still hanging out near this upside of the trend that we've seen, yeah. uh, you know, over the longer term here right now and with rates kind of uh, losing some of that momentum to the upside and going a bit sideways. Maybe we can expect some of that from the dollar here in the near future in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, it's the ebb and flow of kind of uh, the money flows in and out of different asset classes as well, Ben. But I mean, yesterday we got the big relief rally in the equity market. So the dollar was under some pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess the one thing I'm looking at is 106. Uh, we got down to 106, 106.2 uh, and held, and that's the low end of the range that you mentioned, Ben, that was building a little bit of a foundation. So I guess it could go either way here. If we hold that 106.2 level, uh, and now we're pushing back up to 106.8 today, you know, just, so just side of 107, you know, we're not too far off of those highs. And, you know, if it continues to hold that level, then you'd have to think eventually it's going to make a run at the 109 level, which in theory, it's not necessarily good for other asset classes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's the level I'm watching right now. And, you know, we are seeing a shifting in the expectations. And really now the question is, is are other central banks going to continue to be more aggressive to try to get caught up a little bit to what the, what the situations are dealing with and also what's taking place here with the Fed, which would shift that could also impact that dynamic as well. Yeah, you've got a lot going on here, uh, again, in terms of, well, uh, Kuwait, I saw, um, you know, multiple central banks' aggressiveness on behalf of central bank activity. Yeah. You've got a Biden-Chi call today. We're looking at the dollar here, and as Dan mentioned, it did sell off yesterday in reaction to the indices to the upside. Back below 106 briefly. Here we are in the middle of the 106 handle right now. Step back from that one-minute time frame shows the move off the 109 highs that we saw uh, just a week or so ago. And then I also want to point out here as we e even take a step further back, here's that daily time frame again, the well-defined trend environment to the upside here. And, you know, Dan, this is a reflection of the other foreign currencies as well. You know, uh, aside from the Fed, I mean, you've got the euro crisis going on right now, whether you're talking about energy or political in many ways, weighing on them. You've got, uh, we mentioned the uh, uh, jobs report coming up next. Next week, but we also have the Bank of England next week. It'll be interesting to see how they act yep. as well. And then the yen is the dust settles from, well, uh, you know, <laughs> whatever they're doing over there. Tough to describe yeah. the situation, right, that's playing out there. But in terms of other foreign currencies aside from the U.S. dollar, what are you watching? Well, the euro and the parity story, I think, is some, something that certainly makes headlines. Yeah. And, you know, we're hovering just uh, above that right now. We did see it test it and then it bounce off. And so I guess to some degree, you know, the issues that they continue to contend with is going to be a challenge for the eurozone moving forward. And, and so I think that that's something that needs to be closely uh, monitored. Uh, yeah, the Bank of England decision next week uh, will be another interesting dynamic as far as uh, how big do they go? Uh, you know, that's that's the question now. And that could certainly have an impact on the British pound. So, uh, you know, overall, though, Ben, you know, like you said, I think that 106 level to me is very important for the dollar. Right. If we do see it break below there, then I would expect that um, we'll, we'll continue to see some of the other trends that are unfolding right now continue 
and particularly in the equity markets, uh, because that basically indicates that there's less safe haven buying for the dollar as well, which in theory would be because there's money flowing into the equity markets and some other areas. And the other th interesting thing today, Ben, just to end on, is uh, the move in uh, gold and silver. Uh, at least, you know, for the short term, we are seeing some life there after uh, a few months of uh, lower price action. We're seeing uh, some of those metals uh, bouncing off of these lows. Yeah, kind of tying back to what you were just talking about as well in terms of that dollar coming off here. Yep. It does seem like uh, we've seen a little bit of a uh, move higher in terms of gold. That recent test below 1700, very short-lived here as the dollar yeah. uh, has come off lower levels. And just kind of speaking to Dan's point here as far as the dollar coming off, I've got a good side-by-side -side to end on with a visual here, Dan. The dollar coming off that 109 high, and then uh, we've got, well, recently the uh, ES coming off that 37.23 low. But we know that this has been part of the bigger picture move that we saw as we came off that 36.39 low. Uh, uh, from right. uh, uh, back last month here, and the dollar again kind of coming off. We could just show this chart here real quick and end on a, a visual to support that point. Here's the dollar weakening as uh, the indices here have strengthened to come off recent lows. So again, that uh, uh, risk off kind of premium or the beneficiary thereof, the dollar not being that right now. Dan, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. A great breakdown. Hi, Lots to come here today and uh, enjoy your weekend. Dan Deming joining us from KCAM Financial this morning.